0: Hello and welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild places of the Upper Left Edge. I'm Jessica Schleif and I'm coming to you on KMUN today, our uh, local public radio station here in Astoria, Oregon, our community radio station that's run by a whole lot of volunteer energy and is also fueled by your donations. So think about uh, calling in today or think about getting online and donating to this amazing resource that we have here in Astoria. Um, I am so excited today because I am joined by Kayla Furman Uh, She's a biological science tech working in public lands and Kayla and I have had some informal conversations about uh, green spaces, urban green spaces and the value that these places bring to our lives. And I am super happy to have Kayla with me today at Shively Park recording in the
1: outdoors. Welcome, Kayla. Thank you for having me. And yes, we are in a perfect setting for this conversation in a local park of Astoria, Shively Park, uh, which is also the ancestral homelands of the Clatsop and Chinookan-speaking peoples. So it's important to acknowledge that and remember that all of these beautiful Parks, as we call them today, have had a very long tradition of caring for them. Thank
0: you so much for saying that today. Something that I think about and I'm really glad to have verbalized on the show. Thank you, Kayla. Yeah, Thank you. Um, so so Kayla is living in Astoria now, but I I, I love I, one of the ways that we connected was talking about your history and um that you grew up in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And what were some of your original
1: connections with outdoor spaces there? Thank you. So I grew up in Northern New Jersey, about 45 minutes with traffic from New York City. It uh, was a little suburban town. Um, Demographically was uh, very white. Uh, Very um, upper middle class Mm -hmm. um, with some fringing communities. And it was really tough. Um, It was really tough for me growing up being different from my peers. I remember having really difficult conversations with my dad about why I was being bullied because I was very different. And I felt very alone. And my way of dealing with that was to escape. Uh, ride my bike down the street about a mile and a half to a small little park called Hirschfield Park and I would spend a lot of time after school there riding my bike, listening to birds. I would pick up bugs and (laughs) collect them in jars and look at them closer when I got home. I would skip rocks and... That really gave me a sense of peacefulness. I was able to really find my self identity in that park alone. Did and it gave me a connection with nature. Yeah,
0: did someone introduce you to the park? Or was it just something that you went out and, and found on your own and developed that routine?
1: It was, it was found for sure. The way that I actually biked to the park was through in between two houses. Uh-huh. There was a little trail that connected to the park. It wasn't the main entrance. It was this little neighborhood found spot. So, so a feeling of exploration.
0: Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that became a routine for you, something that grounded you, something that slowed things
1: down. I look back at it and and think about that park a lot because I spent so much time there. And today I'm I'm almost disappointed that I didn't see it for what it was, um, meaning that it was a very it was a very sad park. Nothing like these beautiful parks that we have here in Astoria. Um, the there was a a business a company that um, has now come out and and are now paying some reparations, but they had dumped a lot of pharmaceuticals as well as other materials into the lake and rivers of the town. And I mean, there was no fishing allowed in this river that I used to walk along. There was no swimming. I knew that it was dangerous in in some way. Uh, And now I I go back there and the lake is is starting to get cleaned up 15 years later. so it's interesting reflecting back on that really close connection to nature, but also thinking about it in in terms of its destruction and yeah how degradation
0: have... of the nature. And was that was that explained to you as a kid
1: or no not at all. Just like I... don't go
0: in the water, girl.
1: Yeah, don't <laughs> don't go in the water. And I still loved it. I yeah. loved being in that place. Yeah, and I still had this nurturing feeling of. Of, of nature taking care of me and me taking care of nature. Yeah, yeah. How are they doing the restoration? I'm just curious. They have started dredging the lake. So the main body of water that they were dumping in have begun the dredging process. There also has been some replantings along the shoreline. Yeah. Um, but from what I understand, um, that, that's all I really know.
0: Yeah, it's um, amazing. That, um, I'm always curious about water restorations and and plants that can do the filtration.
1: It is amazing. That's... bringing back wetlands along along lakes that were naturally there, yeah has a huge improvement. Yeah. and yeah, it's it's interesting how life goes full circle because now i'm I'm working in this realm. and so my understanding goes a lot deeper and I think back to those memories as a child and understand what I was feeling and understand what I was seeing way more.
0: hmm Mm-hmm. And that the place could be maybe not perfect, but still, still enchanting, still mm-hmm. drew you there. Um, and, and something that you made a, a routine of to, to go there. So, so then you're going through school and you're going on to university. How did you end up? really knowing that that was ha- what you wanted to connect with that you that that you would want
1: to um, work in public lands so i started at syracuse university that's where i completed my undergrad and i really didn't know until one course in particular i took a course in uh, urban geography, Mm -hmm. and we were tasked with collecting data regarding a small urban park. The city had received a grant to rejuvenate this park. So they already had the money. The money was not the issue. They needed to come up with a plan that appeased neighbors, appeased the people in the community with how they were gonna spend that money. So our professor came with us, uh, came to us with this plan um, to go out and collect data, collect information about this park and how they should spend all of this money, um, which is a really big task yeah, to do in a I, semester. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> None of us are city planners. Yeah. Um, of course, now some of my classmates have, have gone on to that route. Um, but at the time we were like, we don't know what we're doing. How do we go about this? Yeah. Yeah. I had another professor who once told me that if you gather people around a meal and you share a meal with them, all of those, those borders and boundaries that we put in between ourselves, all of those walls just melt away Yeah, because we're all humans. We all need to eat. Uh, and sharing a meal uh, really creates a sense of community mm-hmm. and you can then have, ask those hard questions, have a true meaningful conversation. And so that was something that I did. I, yeah, I love that. I love that. So
0: you go into the park, yeah, you
1: I sit, I sit and I watch and I write down everything I see. Uh, I did this systematically. So I would go every Tuesday in between two and four Um, and sit exactly that length of time and and watch what was going on and eventually built up uh, the capacity to then interact with some of the people. So I was enough of a a outsider that I then needed to infiltrate the community and and really talk to people, which it's it's interesting because I lived in that neighborhood. So I also recreated in that park. And what I found was it wasn't just the neighbors across the street who were using the park. The park was being used all day long and not just by them, not just by their their children. People were taking the bus from all over the city of Syracuse to go to this park because it was large enough that it had a soccer field and a basketball field. Gotcha. Or basketball court. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a group of refugees who were meeting in this park because it was a safe lit area where they could all gather and have a picnic and share what resources were available to them um and and have fun and and enjoy themselves there was a group of international students who met weekly and played soccer on this field and there was no it wasn't a true soccer field uh they used the bushes as one of the boundaries excellent um so that was something that was really instrumental in creating a plan like obviously there's a need for some sort of boundary to keep soccer balls from going into the into the street because the bush was not enough. Um, So, yeah, that sort of methodology really helped me understand how people used that space and really turned it into a place like it became a place in their memories, it became a place where they had a feeling associated with it. Sure. It, gave, it was part of the community. There, that place was in their hearts. Um, and that really drove my passion to, to create that, to conserve places for people. For public use. For
0: everyone. Yeah, for everyone. And, and not just, uh, I know I've read many times about third places you know, and a lot of times those places are indoors or sometimes they're bars or <laughs> different, mm-hmm. but, but this idea of a third place being an outdoor space where everyone is welcome, where people can come together and, and make connections over sport or meals. I mean, the sharing of, of meals. I mean, in this day and age, it's almost an act of revolution to share food. Yeah. you know it's, <laughs> and, and and that bringing together um so you do your undergrad work mm-hmm. you um you t- you take down data when you're sitting there looking in this park. you take down da- you turn right. this into data
1: we turned it into a pretty long report um there was also focus groups and less fun things than sitting in the park, Right. Um, but we create this long report and present it to the mayor, as well as um, some city council members, some park board members. And I think there was about 50 people in attendance to our big presentation. And um, they got some free public, or I guess we paid for, because we paid for the course. So. Uh, we paid for them to have some uh, city planning done for their for their park, right? But it in me it meant so much more than just that. It wasn't just the report for the community. It was it was their voices being heard. Exactly, and to have students
0: being that facilitator, um, I think that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, that's coming from a different place than a city planner. Definitely. Um, Future city planners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so, you're graduating. How do you end up in
1: Astoria? It is a crazy journey. Um, I was, I had a fire in my belly. I was ready to go. And I never would've thought it would've been Oregon. Um, but I accepted an internship I was like, "Oh, it's in Astoria, Oregon. I don't know where that is," which is <laughs> ironic because I was studying geography, so I had to look it up on a map first. Uh huh. Um, packed up my things, and a week after graduation, moved out here. Oh my god. For my job, and I've been here since. I fell in love with this place. Yeah. It's it's really hard not to. Yeah, it's a powerful, powerful region, definitely. And I, and I love the work. I mean, that's that's really what drove me here and what keeps me here. Is the ability to create a place for people, what could just be any trail, any park, framing it and and helping someone understand the stories and the multiple perspectives, as well as understand all of the moving parts, what what is all connected in that in that space. Mm-hmm. That's what transforms any space into a place for someone. I. I mean, there's so many children that I, children, people, uh, even dogs that I have interacted with over my three years being here that I will always remember. And I know that there's a handful of them that will remember our conversations, or our moments of silence, gazing out onto the Lewis and Clark River, or, you know, seeing 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 river otters swim past you when you're paddling. Like mm-hmm. those moments. We hold on to for the rest of our lives and and to create that for anybody for everybody i love that special yeah i
0: love how you um the framing of it the framing of it you mm. know because we can we all can go out though not all of us do go out into nature and um explore and but i love interpretive material I love interpretive signage. Um, to be able to know a little bit more about the lands that we're on, mm-hmm. who came before us, uh, who these plant people are that are all around us and to know their, their names. Um, those are really powerful things to connect us on a, a deeper level to the land.
1: Definitely. And you touched upon something there. Not everybody can. And I think that's what really makes it special about having so many urban green spaces, so many local parks, because it makes these wild places accessible for all. Mm -hmm. That anybody, it doesn't matter if you have money. It doesn't matter if you have a car. You don't need to drive out five hours to go have a moment with nature and to have that experience. You don't have to pay a ridiculous amount of money to get the gear, to get a pass, to have all of these things that will allow you to have this experience. Anyone can have this experience, whether it's a planter on the street in a busy city that brightens up your day, or the flowers that are creeping out of a, out of the concrete, anybody can experience the wildness of nature right here, right here in their backyards.
0: This is a real. You're you're speaking my language here, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that that these urban spaces are so important. Like these, even the smallest, you know, urban park downtown that people can just roll out of their apartment buildings downtown and be able to be immersed in a small bit of nature, you know, a couple of trees, some green. And then and then I mean in Astoria I feel like we are so lucky that we're rich in these public lands. You know, that we have an incredible park system that um is is really a valuable thing in so many ways to our community and i think sometimes out here we take it for granted because there's so much wild all around us that um, we we start to not really think that these trees or these little places downtown are important but but it 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 really
1: is um especially during this time now that's Thank you, yes. I have found even in moments where I'm surrounded by other people, distanced, of course, that I'm feeling sometimes lonely. And I know I'm not the only person. Yeah. Lonely in a crowded place is a terrible feeling. And it's really hard to commune with people and to feel that community right now because we're not we're not congregating indoors Mm -hmm. and we want to feel safe we want to make others feel safe that are part of our community and so these little these little pocket parks these these urban spaces can really serve so much more for us right now um but it's also really important to know that for everyone to enjoy it we need to take care of them yes we need to recreate responsibly Yes, we can have a picnic outside, but we're gonna keep our distance as well and maybe bring our own food and take everything that we brought with us, take it with us home. Pack it in, pack it out. Yes. Yeah, really
0: important. I, I think too, you know, something that we've talked about is the mental health aspect of nature. And and that um how, how important that is for us, and, and what a, uh, a tool it can be for our mental health to get out into nature.
1: Most definitely, I have found that in some of my hardest times, taking a step back and getting out and just being able to feel the grass in my toes or hear rushing water really helps me and puts my mind at ease. And and there's some and there's some science in that. Like it has been found that people who move to greener urban areas benefit from sustained improvements to their mental health. That's their resilience, restoration, and improved cognitive function. And there are some studies that show that it decreases symptoms of anxiety, stress, and depression. Um, that's specifically from a study. Um, done by alcock and others in 2014 um, in a psychological uh, report Mm -hmm. so there there is some there is some truth behind the feelings that we're feeling when we're when we're out uh, in the forest or on the beach or paddling in a river that's all very real
0: yeah to be able to get into that zone and be present I don't know for some reason nature can really do that for me it can slow me down it can slow down my breath cycle it can slow down how i'm moving and suddenly all those covid worries and things and you know things can really melt away you can really be a part of the present moment somehow in a much easier way in nature
1: i mean there's so many things moving and going on like if we just took a moment the wind is like pushing against our face there's bugs landing on us I hear a bird in the distance there there is some frogs you
0: can't see it behind you but there's literally like two bunnies and a chipmunk you you can see the chipmunk right now there's two bunnies and a chipmunk that keep going back and forth
1: behind you here at Shively Park and so yeah it's keeping us present yeah there's there's so much always going on, it's hard not to just stay in this moment and, and see and absorb all that we can. There's a nurturing that nature does for us, but we also need to nurture nature and take care of it because we need to protect it for many more generations. It's not just ours, it's the future's.
0: What are some of the ways that, that you can see the public helping with public lands?
1: Uh, well, we said one before. Yeah, pack leave it in, no, pack it out. Yeah, leave no trace, leave only but your footprints. Um, in your own yards, I mean, I you can take plant native. Um, native pollinators prefer native plants mm-hmm. over non-native plants. Um, people can put down your phone and your camera and like look with your eyes. <laughs> really absorb the moment talk to children about how we can take care of the planet Uh, reuse i say this all the time everyone forgets the other r's in the reuse reduce recycle Mm -hmm. we always think about recycling but that should be your last option reduce what you're using reuse things i am very guilty of reusing lots of things. <laughs> I
0: also get creative in the reusing department. <laughs>
1: yeah, we can re- reuse things in many ways. I've seen it in other countries where people are being so creative and innovative because they understand their impact. It's more obvious in their face. Yeah. Um, think about where you're sourcing your items. Maybe you don't need that extra pair of shoes because it's coming all the way across the country. Maybe support your local business and get something downtown. Um, There's creative ways that we can help the environment and help the world um, stay green a little bit longer um, that maybe aren't, what we're thinking of right away.
0: I love that you're bringing up these things. I mean, these are things that I think about in my life. But when I was asking you, you know, how can we help our, our green spaces? It's wonderful to hear those things coming back. I'm like, oh, are those things that we're doing to help the green spaces?
1: That's great. Yeah, it really is. And, and I'm not no expert. No, you know, but we all need to try. If we all put a little bit of effort, that's what it's about. It's not anybody being 100% perfect. It's about all of us trying a little bit more. I always have trash in my pockets and it's not my trash. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Whenever I'm anywhere, I'm always picking up little bits. So if we all do that, if we all love the earth a little bit more every day, it's going to last a lot longer. Those are simple things. Those Mm -hmm. are
0: things that we can do. You know, those are things that we can do, clean up after ourselves, appreciate the nature that we're in. Um, educate. Educate. That's good. Let, let, our, let our politicians know, you know, let our local politicians know um, that these are important places to us and, and that they deserve funding. Definitely. They deserve to be taken care of, not just by us peeps.
1: Water is life. If we don't have water, if we don't take care of our water resources, there will continue to be thousands of people who don't have water, don't have clean water. So we need to take care of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Kayla, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. Thanks for this has been lovely. Thanks for coming and talking to us and broadening our perspectives a little bit. I've really enjoyed your story. Um, to, to think about a young person making that connection in a very urban environment and, and that connection carrying them through to
1: a career. We are so lucky to have you here. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here and I hope to touch as many hearts as I can while I'm here. Thank you all for
0: listening today to In Season and...